You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. This is our 107th episode recorded on Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. This is our Valentine's to all of our fans. I'm your co-host, Cast. Or I'm scared. What am I doing here? I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, alongside my co-host, Kathy Amos. Today, we will be breaking down your number 14-12 Indiana Hoosiers 68-54 to win over the Wisconsin Badgers. That brings their record to 21-3, and 12-2 overall in the Big Ten. And as usual, we'll start our show with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And that tonight, Kathy, goes back into the third quarter. 35 seconds to go in the third quarter. Sarah Scalia nailed a three, and that was her 79th three-pointer of the season, setting the all-time single-season record for Indiana women's basketball, breaking the record previously held by Amanda Cahill. And she will just keep adding to that, obviously, as we still have games to play. Uh, Kathy, I'm going to ask you for a little help because you were actually looking at some of the numbers a little quicker here. Um, But she would need how many to get to Steve Alford for the all-time IU record? Yep. So Steve Alford has a season record of 107. Um, So with her 79, I don't think she hit another one after that one, right, Jeff? Nope. I don't think think so. That was it, right? Okay. Yep. So that'll be 28. So we'll uh, we'll add her to our uh, counter here um, as we continue through the season of our women breaking records. So, and as our banner moment is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, who includes Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. And they've just dropped last Friday some new IU gear stuff. In fact, I saw a picture today, I think it was just today, maybe it was yesterday on Twitter, of the IU women wearing the t-shirt, kind of the Terry Moore and motto you know, you're, if you're, you know, if you're juiceless, you're useless. And I thought that was a great team photo to have them wearing the shirt. Um, also, I actually saw a home field apparel commercial on one of my Hulu stations. I was watching the other day. I was like, wow. So yeah. they're actually getting some advertising. So not only do you get quite great quality apparel, but you're supporting Indiana based business that has its roots in the Kelly school of business. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code home two three H O M E two three to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And a couple of quick news items, Kathy, in, in the last couple of days, Mackenzie Holmes named to the Naismith Player of the Year, the Player of the Year Award midseason team. I, I believe it was 30 people, 30 players on that list. So again, Mac uh, being nationally recognized. And then Chloe Moore McNeil for her efforts last week, and it continued tonight, but Chloe Moore McNeil was named to the Ann Myers Drysdale National Player of the Week Award. And there were five p- players selected for that last week. So a couple of news items there to pass 
long. Also, I do want to pass this one along a little bit. And, and it gets not IU related, but there was a really good article on ESPN. I would encourage all of our listeners, or if you're watching with the workaholics in the live YouTube feed, really good article today on ESPN.com about TCU and how they've had to go out and find some players in the uh, the walk-ons and, 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 and to help fill out the team with their injuries and everything. But a really good article about that and, and and the challenges that they face and how coaches have to adapt when you know presented with certain situations so again a couple of things i throw there but we're going to throw it over to kathy and get her initial thoughts here about the game tonight with the amos angle yeah hey happy valentine's day for all of you out there who celebrate such days uh um happy uh february and uh wednesday halfway through the week for those of us that work monday through friday i guess so um all around is a good good loss or excuse me good game tonight um i I frazzled my myself up good win for the team right it was coming off of a a pretty big win and a record-breaking night with mckenzie holmes they go to wisconsin and we have another player breaking a record so congratulations to sarah with that that's just amazing and um, i'm sure we'll touch on her a little bit throughout the game here um, throughout the show but you know it's one of those games that you know we kind of talked about it um after the purdue game on sunday where maybe this was a trap game and it didn't really quite feel like that but it definitely was um and i can't even say a tale of two halves it was a tale of like four different quarters each quarter kind of felt almost like a different game to me within a game you know that that first quarter where we came out is just a little bit stagnant our defense wasn't quite locked in giving up 19 points and then we turn around and only give six points up in the second second quarter. So completely, you know, turn it around defensively. And then we jump to the third quarter. We come out and we seem really flat again. You know, it's interesting. We talked about after um, the Purdue game how the team got together and talked about their slow starts after halftime. And they changed their halftime routine up. And we said, we're going to keep an eye on that. Well, it didn't work tonight, at least offensively. Um, and it just wasn't real pretty basketball with us scoring seven and Wisconsin scoring 14 in that third quarter but then we come back out in the the fourth quarter and we really pick up that offense again and end up scoring 20 points in that quarter so you know it's just kind of a weird almost like four different games within the game tonight for me so um you know i don't think it was our best basketball but i don't think it was our worst basketball um and at the end of the day we we came away with another nice road win against uh you know a wisconsin team that's really young and to be honest i think i saw glimpses of them um that everyone should keep an eye on, you know, their coaches, you know, no joke. She came from a nice program um, as uh, the assistant coach at, at, at UConn learning there. I think she was an assistant there about five or six seasons there, and then had her own head coaching job before um, coming here. So again, I think Wisconsin, maybe not this year is somebody, you know, obviously you're not going to think too much on, but don't sleep on them in my opinion, going forward. And I think we might be talking about them more in future seasons than we saw tonight, but um, over, all that's kind of my my overarching thoughts a nice record-breaking night and just a tale of four four uh four mini games within within the game yeah you bring up a great point kathy about how it was really kind of just different games within the game and but when you really look at it i thought you again i'll go back to this a little bit and get your thoughts on it if you take out that third quarter indiana scored 20 or 20 plus points every quarter and so if they would have just had a normal third quarter, we'd be talking probably about an a 75 point night or, or excuse me, about an 80 point night. And, and we'd all probably be feeling a little bit better about the way the game went. And then if you look at the defensive side, 
for as bad as the third quarter felt, and, it, and the first quarter wasn't great, we never gave up more than 20 and a quarter. So were we really as bad as we think, and, right. or as it appeared? And again, I, I get it. It wasn't a game. But it just when you sometimes the numbers tell you a story. And Wisconsin, I agree with you. I totally agree. This team next year, I think, is a team you really don't want to face. I could see them making. Now, I say this, but we also got to remember you got four teams coming into the league: USC and UCLA, who right now look like they'll be very good coming into the league. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Oregon and West and Washington, especially Oregon, has had traditionally some success, been down from where they were when they had Sabrina Ionescu and and even when Sidney Perry first showed up out there. Um, but I, I I totally can see this Wisconsin team making the jump from 10, 11, maybe 12 in the league this year to being we're talking about them in a six or seven slot, you know, next year. I, I really can see that because. I love Ronnie Porter's game after watching her tonight. The Williams girl is just tough. She is very yeah. strong and she is. And she, only a sophomore. Yeah. And only a sophomore. And I'm not saying this to be any, and I don't want anybody to think when I say this in a positive derogatory, this is just coach. Speak. She's a load. I wouldn't want to really have to try and game plan for her because she's only going to get better and, and stronger. And, and so, you know, she's got just a, a huge upside, but yeah, I, I can get your thought a little bit more about that in terms of, especially the offensive side of it, where we scored 20 points a quarter, except for the third quarter. Right. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I'm not quite sure what happened in that third quarter. Um, to be honest, other than our shots just weren't falling. Like, and I don't know, you tell me, Jeff, if I'm misfeeling on this, but it didn't feel to me that Wisconsin all of a sudden ratcheted up their D on that third quarter. It just felt like our shots weren't falling from the outside, from the inside. You know, Mackenzie Holmes went 11 of 19 on the game. And she's rarely, rarely at that low of a field goal percentage. Um, in just in general, you know, we we shot 65% from the field to, to start. And I know we're not in the numbers section, but, um, you know, 65, oh, excuse me, 57% field goal percentage in the first half. And then we ended up the game at only, um, you know, where are we? 44%. So quite a drop off in that second half. Um, and especially in that third quarter. And again, like I don't, I don't really think it was Wisconsin's defense all of a sudden became spectacular over what we saw in the first half. It just, our shots just weren't really falling for us. No, I, I totally agree with that because we didn't turn it over a ton. I think we only had two or three yeah. turnovers in the third quarter. So and in the second half, we only turned it over five times. We had a good night on turnovers mm -hmm. from a standpoint. Yeah. Um, I look at this and again, I know we're not in the numbers, but the, you, as you're talking a little bit about breaking it down, look at the second half free throws. We only shot three. That tells me to a certain degree, I'm not sure we were quite as aggressive as we should have been. Mm -hmm. I was saying it's about Mac. I thought Mac maybe, I almost say shied away, but I felt like settled for the turnaround shot a little more rather than trying to take one yeah. more step, not travel. I'm just talking about taking one more step on your pivot move and trying to create an angle to get to the, to the yeah. rim or the glass a little more. And so I just, again, I chalked it up. Hey, teams have bad shooting quarters. All right. They can have bad shooting nights too. We've seen this, you know, in the college game, you know, for a while we've been doing the show and luckily Indiana knock on wood doesn't generally have bad games, you know, Stanford was probably one of them, but, but I, yes. I agree with you. I thought it was just a tough, it was a rough shooting night and you get those, Hey, I'd rather have it on a game like tonight where right. you are the favorite <laughs> than have it happen in, in 10 days, 12 days, eight days when Iowa eight. comes to town. Yeah. 
Yes. I finally got there. My math's not good tonight. You know, we're really struggling here with the podcast tonight. You know, we're wondering <laughs> no. what we're doing. It's too late. We're usually not up this late. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, hey, speaking of which, let's move on to the pivotal place, Kathy, and I'll let you go first. Yeah, um, you know, it, it was interesting. I think, um, you know, the the. It, I don't know if it turned out to be pivotal per, per se. And, you know, I kind of talked right before we went live. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of pivotal plays. Again, it was just this weird tale of four different quarters that felt like different games. But in that first one, um, first quarter at, at the eight of eight oh one mark, Yarden got her second foul already. And I think that that also attested to maybe why that first quarter for us in particular felt a little bit slow. So she sat, I believe she sat the rest of that entire first quarter. Yeah. And Jules came in for her, right. And Jules is a freshman. She's still learning. Her defense isn't what Yarden is yet. Um, you know, she's a little, like you mentioned in in our discord chat, she's more up and down, um, and prone to fouling as well. And Jules would end up fouling out later in the game too. Um, but I think that just kind of threw off our, our, our rhythm of what we were probably trying to get into in that first quarter. And we never quite got there in there. And, you know, it, you know, Yarden, it wasn't her best night, at, um, for us, you know, the first time I think we can remember her not scoring a point at all. Um, and she, but she ended up with only three fouls. So at least she, she was able to turn around the fouling and I thought her defense picked up, um, definitely after that. And it, it helped, um, with that, but we ended up playing Jules and Lene quite a bit in that first quarter. And on the road, you don't normally wouldn't expect to have us have two freshmen on the floor at the same time in that quarter. But I thought that was kind of pivotal because I think it probably changed what the coaches were expecting to do, at least from an offensive perspective um, and a little bit from defensive pers- perspective as well. Yeah, and I want to say this. I thought Jules and Lene gave us some solid minutes. And, I, and I'll go back to Jules real quick when I posted on Discord more about just she's upright. She doesn't really get down in that stance and stay there. She tends to be a little more upright. And I think that's one of the reasons a quicker player gives her some issues right now where she's not able to make a little bit quicker first step because she's a little more down in the stance. I think that's a freshman thing. I think that's something that she will get better at as she gets worked into the system. I think there's sometimes where Jules and Lene both sometimes I think are thinking too much about the scouting report in terms of I'm supposed to do this. And, and sometimes it gets a little bit, you know, half a step slow. And in the college game, that half a step can be huge. And I thought that was part mm-hmm. of some of the things of why they got beat maybe a little bit off the dribble, but they weren't the only, the freshmen weren't the only ones getting beat off the dribble in the first quarter. I mean, Ronnie Porter no. was making us look pretty tough um, yeah. from that standpoint. I'm going to jump ahead here. I'm going to go seven minutes and 30 seconds to go in the quarter and, and not to know so much it was pivotal, but just notable Mac hit her notable. second three of the season, nothing but net. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, you know, more of that, Mac, more. Right. Especially and then fast since- forward to the to fast forward to the end of the game and her backup Lily comes in and hits a three right at the end of the game. And that makes <laughs> so me, is that, it, it makes was, me wonder, was, is that Lily's first career three? Cause I can't remember I, Lily hitting a three. I can't remember her ever shooting one, let alone making yeah. one. So, um, one other last thing I, at least for me in the first quarter, um, of note, which was interesting that at three, about the three and a half minute mark, Wisconsin um, pressed us and we ended up getting a 10 second call. And again, just not handling the press, but then it didn't feel like Wisconsin ever really went back to it. So it, it, you know, it, it, not that we're going to expect an Ohio state press and certainly, um, but it wasn't a Michigan State press either. I just was surprised they didn't do it on a more regular basis when we sh- have shown this year that we've had trouble with it. And immediately 
and when they press this for the first time, they they caught a, a turnover. So a little surprised Wisconsin didn't come back to that press a little more often in the game. A little bit, but they didn't play well. Unless, well on the, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, unless maybe they don't, you know, maybe they weren't, you don't practice it enough or they didn't trust their conditioning enough or whatever. I don't know. But what, what are your thoughts on why they quit pressing when it worked? <laughs> well, for, first of all, I didn't think they scored enough in the second half, in the second quarter to be able to set it up. That, that, that was part of their issue. They really yeah, didn't have an opportunity. Um, but I also wonder, they really only played seven players. They played eight total, but really only seven got decent minutes. So I wonder if maybe they thought were a little worried about fatigue yeah. if they <laughs> were trying to press. That would be more my gut. Um, with that. And plus once I, you made the run to kind of get up there at about 10 or 12, then you're kind of wondering, well, now the press just, you know, if they, if they beat the press out coach things, if they beat the press, now I'm just giving them more opportunities to score without the defense really having a chance to be in their, in their face or a hand in their face, anything like that. So I think coach Mosley just made a decision that she might get a, a few things from the press, like a 10 second call, maybe a silly turnover, but she was, I think she felt like they were giving up too much easy anyway. So she was going to try and eliminate some of that. So a couple, I, I, I honestly, I think it was more about the depth. I don't think they really wanted to, yeah. you know, you know, go into the bench. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go into the second quarter yeah. and I'm going to go and not so much a particular play, but there was a streak there where Sarah, Sarah Scalia had six straight points. She threw up a shot on a drive, got fouled, kind of throws it up toward the basket, and it goes in. I even said in the Discord, how did that go in? Um, and then got the free throw, then came down and hit another three. So that little mini 6-0 burst, Kathy, I felt like really kind of jump-started the second quarter even for us. I, second quarter kind of started out even just a tad slow, but we got that little 6-0 burst from Sarah, and I thought that really jump-started the rest of the quarter for us. Yeah, I, I do too. That, that I, what I wrote down was Sarah Scalia with a circus shot that goes in and is fouled. So yeah, I had uh, had the same thought that you did. And I even put in my notes, uh, does this give us some, some momentum? And it did because about a, a minute or so later, Sarah goes down and gets that three that ended up tying the season record at the time. Um, so I, you know, I thought to, um, Chloe Moore McNeil had a block at around three minutes in, in that um, quarter as well. That was really, um, it was great to see. And, and I think someone put in the discord, I think this was the play where they're like, you know, this is why we love Chloe because mm -hmm. she's so smart basketball IQ wise. And I think she saw that um, somebody else on her team was going to get beat. So she kind of slid over to help and not only um, was there to help, but she ended up getting that block. And I thought that was really a great thing to see from Chloe. And overall, I thought Chloe's game tonight was just really on on points again. And, you know, congratulations to her on getting into that, um, you know, National Players of the Week um, midseason team award. So, um, excuse me, the National Players of the Week award. So that was really cool to see. So, um, you know, it was great. We ended up um, on an 11-0 run or so, maybe 13-0 run at one point in that quarter. And that really, I thought, broke it open for us. And it felt um, felt pretty secure at that point. Um, before I go back to you real quick, Ari um, fact-checked for us, and Lily had taken a three-point attempt in the Stanford game. Um, so this was her second attempt this year. So first make, second attempt. But um, yeah, I didn't have any other pivotal plays really in that second quarter. I just like you talked about that it felt like runs as opposed to specific plays that were pivotal in this game. Well, then why don't you jump, jump us ahead to the second half? Yeah. So, um, right out again, Yarden comes out in that third quarter and gets her third foul. And again, that ended up being her last foul. But again, I thought that could have been really, um, 
of a, a pivotal point for us, but, you know, Wisconsin just really opened it up us, on us in that third quarter. Again, I, it wasn't, you know, our defense kind of got a little lax. They did have a little bit more um, energy, I thought, than we did. Um, they cut the lead down to six at one point, And finally, with about four and a half minutes to go, um, Lexi gets a steal and then gets it down to Chloe, who then finds Lily on a fast break. And we get that lead back up to 45-37. Um, so back up to eight points. And so I thought that was um, probably about the turning point, uh, getting pretty close to it, um, where it felt like we were getting a little bit back into control. But that quarter in general just was not a good offensive quarter for us. I mean, can you I can't even, I can't remember other than maybe in the Stanford game, we probably were held to single digits in a quarter in that game and maybe against Iowa. But this is this is a rare event where we only score seven points in a quarter. So I think again, it was just an off off quarter shooting for us. Yeah, and Wisconsin, I think, hit their first six shots. They finished six for nine. And I thought that, you know, there was one of those where the girl made the runner right as the shot clock was running out. And it's like, really? This is what we're gonna get in the third in the second half. Uh, now you may, you start to wonder a little bit. I, and I will admit this coaching high school is totally different from coaching what college basketball. I get that. But there, I was like screaming at the TV a little bit. I said in the discord, get a timeout. I got, I, but I get the fact that, you know, you're going to get a timeout every quarter. You're going to get the media timeout at the under five, but I just felt like the momentum, especially once it got down to about seven, Eight, seven eight I felt like the momentum had kind of really swung a little bit and I wanted to just kind of get them refocused but again with a veteran team she may not feel the need to necessarily do that even on the road in a big 10 game um with that I'm going to jump ahead into the fourth quarter and yeah. you know go and, and and because again the third quarter was not a great thing for us and you know offensively or defensively um but right. I'm going to jump ahead to uh 8.30 to go in the fourth quarter where Yarden had not played well. We already discussed that, but she had two nice back-to-back -back plays where she made nice passes to Mac to get shots late, basically layups, and Mac was fouled actually on the second one, had a potential three-point play. She missed the free throw, but that little four-point swing there pushed the lead up to 54-41, and that was the beginning really of Indiana going on about an 11 to two, uh, on about a, uh, excuse me, I'm trying to do my math real quick, about a 13 to th four run. Um, in that, you know, in that segment. Um, and so I thought that was, those were two pivotal plays there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, the, the, the last one I think was the most pivotal play to me was what I kind of, um, you know, the, the nail in the proverbial coffin, I thought for Wisconsin. And that came at five fifteen where Lily was in and she got a great, fantastic block that led down to the other end for a Chloe Moore McNeil three and Chloe ended up four for four and three again tonight. So she mm. had a, the previous game at five for five and now four for four. Um, but that forced Wisconsin to take a turnover and it got her lead up to 63 to 43. And at that point, I don't think we really ever kind of looked back. Not the last five minutes, maybe again, weren't spectacular basketball, but it was again enough that we held on to that lead quite fine and ended up winning that 68 to, to 54. So um, still extended our lead even after that. Um, so, uh, actually we didn't extend our lead, but we lost it a little bit, but still that got up to 20 points and it felt kind of insurmountable. We are, I, we really are not on, we're not on our game tonight either. <laughs> are we? So, Boy, man, it happens. Like sometimes yeah. they have off shooting nights and sometimes you have off podcasting nights. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that was for me, the last pivotal play. Cause that, that three pointer from Chloe, I thought just kind of sealed it for us. 
Yeah, and I totally agree with you. I felt like it sealed it, but but then just kind of we got stuck on sixty three. It was like we we couldn't get off of it there for a little bit, and finally we got a couple buckets down the stretch, including Lily's three. But I thought also there was a point there, and I thought a good move by um, Coach Morin to get Mac out, Yarden out. I think even took Chloe out there, maybe about two and a half, three minutes to go, which explains a yeah. little bit of that. But I thought that was a good move. I, and, and somebody had mentioned it in the Discord, and it might have been Brian who mentioned in the Discord, he was actually at the game, that he felt like they looked a little tired, you know, kind of from the get-go. And, yeah, a little bit of a short turnaround because you played Sunday, now you're playing again Wednesday. But you're going to get some time off, and you know, not off, but you're not going to play until Monday. Now, that's an afternoon game we'll talk about here in a little bit. But – you're going to get so getting them a few minutes extra rest it, it, it may not seem big to people but from a coaching standpoint a player standpoint every little bit helps and so you know that's just you know that, that i thought that was a great move there so let's move on to the notable numbers kathy and i'm going to throw it over to you and let you go first yeah i think there's a lot of different ways you can go um tonight you know um <laughs> An interesting number to me, I think, um, is turnovers and points off of turnovers. So we ended up winning both battles there. We had 11 turnovers to Wisconsin's 19. Um, but those 19 points or turnovers returned into 29 points for us and only 11 for Wisconsin. I thought that was a big difference in the game, mm. especially in the first half where we won that um, points off of turnovers 19 to 5. Um, so I don't think it was necessarily all just our defense. I think a lot of it was. I think we rattled Wisconsin a couple of times and we really ratcheted up the defense. And I think a lot of it was a testament to their youth um, that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. But we we capitalized on them, which sometimes um, is not sometimes it, it is more important, I think, than just the pure turnover number. I think those always go hand in hand together. So that's kind of the first um, number I wanted to jump to you. I'm going to point out one of the, we already talked a little bit about shooting, but the free throw line tonight, Indiana had been doing better at the free throw line of late. This was a team that struggled through really kind of Christmas time at the free throw line. They were in the like high 68, 69% for a team, you know, through for the season. And tonight they were 10 for 16, 62 and a half percent. So they left some, they did leave some points at the free throw line tonight. And in a game like mm -hmm. this, where you're feeling like you're really struggling to score, the line someplace where you can, you know, you, you can kind of maybe gain some confidence, but also again, I'm, I pointed out earlier, they only shot three free throws the entire second half. Again, that to me tells me about aggressiveness a little bit. So the free throw percentage and the number, especially in the second half was something I thought was notable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other number I think for us that we've been watching a lot this year is rebounding. And we've been talking about how our rebounding margin, we've been winning that rebounding um battle um but leading in, in tonight but tonight we did not um wisconsin out rebounded us 32 to 26 and a big part of it was williams i mean she ended up with 14 rebounds and there were multiple times when they had uh, i'm sure quite a few of them were offensive i'll see if i can Four. pull it up as i'm trying to talk um but we just really struggled to keep her off of the offensive glass um Oh, I guess not only four of them were offensive. Yep. It sure felt a lot more than that, but 14 rebounds for her alone um, was a big contributor. We just had a hard time keeping her off the glass kind of to your point, you know, um, she, she was, um, she was something to handle and she definitely showed it tonight with her double, double of 18 and 14. So again, 26 to 32 out rebounded um, tonight by Wisconsin. 
Yeah, and you talk about that, though. The rebounds, as I was getting ready to say, and Ari pointed out in the chat, both teams had seven offensive rebounds. And But I felt like, it was kind of like you, I felt the deficit was bigger than just, you know, a minus six. We were minus seven at the half, so we were actually a little bit better in the second half. But I thought that was that was one. I'm going to go to a positive here. And, again, we've mm-hmm. really hammered on the bench at times this year, but the bench actually outscored their bench 12-9. to nine. We yeah. got us. We again, and we've talked about this, Kathy. I'm a, just a big believer. Crooked numbers, just put crooked numbers in the stat lines. And, and, and when it's points, obviously that helps, but you got to be contributing, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, be putting crooked numbers in there. And I thought the players, the kids off the bench did that tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your to your point with our bench, we had, you know, our three main bench players tonight had those 12 points. So Lene Beaumont, uh, Jules, and Lily Meister. And um, Lene and Jules, again, our two freshmen, played 31 minutes total, 15 for the Jules and 16 for, for Lene. And Lily contributed a nice eight off of the bench as well. And honestly, I think that we probably would have seen a little bit more from uh, from Lily tonight if we wouldn't have had um, Williams in there. And, you know, I was listening to the pregame um interview between coach and Austin Rinder and coach had said that, you know, they were not planning to double team Williams tonight. And most of the time we did not do that. There was a couple of times we kind of dug down on her and, and uh, tried to double a little bit, but for the most part we didn't. And I think that's probably why we saw McKenzie a little bit more tonight and a little less of Lily um, than maybe we would have on a, a, a different night playing Wisconsin. And by the way, this was our, I think our 11th straight win over Wisconsin. We forgot to mention that at the top of the broadcast. It was our 10th. 10th. That was it. 10th. I knew I heard it on the broadcast, but, but I will say this about Lily. I mean, this was the first time all year I can remember where Mac played the entire first quarter and pretty much deep into the, about the first three or four minutes of the second quarter. Cause we, somebody brought it up in the discord. I don't remember who it was. What was asking if Lily was injured or anything. Cause she hadn't been in the game yet. And so, but I That's think right. a good, a good point by you. And, and we talked about in the discord a little bit that just really liked that matchup with Williams at Mac against Williams. And you'd brought up the pe- fact that she told Austin that they didn't plan on doubling her. Now me, I'm yelling at the TV, double her and make somebody else. Cause they're not a good three point shooting team. So I was a little surprised right. by the philosophy, right. but Sometimes, you know, and again, we, we know about coaches in cream and crimson who tend to get stubborn, um, you know, sometimes <laughs> don't want to get away from the game plan. And again, it out. In general can be like yeah. that, but, and, yes. and, but it, gets, it got a little, but you know, there were times tonight, I think I would have been like, let's double her and make somebody else beat us because just not a great three point shooting team, but they were, they were on the broadcast. They talked about coach Cy had the, had the scout and I, you know, for the yeah. most part, can't say she did a bad job with it. Cause you know, obviously, no. way. but you look at, and we talked about this and again, I'm not trying to take away from your time here, but Williams, a double, double 18 and 14. She's a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah, she's just going to put muscle on and get more experience. And uh, yeah, definitely keeping an eye on her um, going forward. So the other one I wanted to talk about was points in the paint. We lost that one to 24 to 26. Um, And of course, 18 of it, I'm sure, was um, from Williams. 
Mackenzie Holmes had 24 points too. And other than her three and her one free throw, all of her points came in the paint too. So she had the bulk of them. I think that um, the majority of the reason why we got beat in the points in the paint, in addition to um, Sarah Williams, was just our inability again to kind of handle their athletic guards, Um, especially Ronnie Porter. I thought Ronnie in that first quarter, she had eight points by herself. um, And she ended up um, still with 11 points. But that first quarter in particular, I really thought we were struggling to to kind of contain their dribble drive and keep them off of the glass as well. So, um, you know, 18 points for Williams, but, you know, they got some points in the paint from, I think, some of their guards as well. And it just felt like they were getting down there and even finding um, Williams as well when they could penetrate that deep. So, again, I think that's been a problem for a few seasons, and I think we saw it again tonight. We did a little bit. I felt we got a better handle on on Ronnie Porter after the first quarter. I thought there was a – either they weren't playing the game plan in the first quarter well enough, or they made an adjustment there. Because Especially when Lexi was Gardner, I saw Lexi going under way more screens than I saw in the first quarter. And and, and that's a good strategy because they're not a three-point shooting team. Um, no. Ronnie Porter had their only three of the night. She was one of three, but they only shot seven. Again, kind of similar to a team that we all right. kind of talk about, but, um, you just gotta, you know, but yeah, I thought they made it either. They made a nice adjustment or early on, they weren't playing to the game plan and they were getting, you know, kind of getting over the top of the screen or getting caught at a bad angle. And we're getting, you know, just getting beat off the dribble one way or the other. But I thought they made a nice adjustment on Ronnie Porter later in in the second, third, fourth quarter um, from that standpoint. Kathy, I really don't have any other notable numbers I want to talk about. No, no, me neither. All right, so let's move on to the game ball. And for those of you watching on the live YouTube, you'll notice that Kathy has pulled up the scroll here. Uh, I'm trying to read it real quick. Mackenzie Holmes with nine, Sarah Scalia with five, Sarah, uh, Sydney Parrish with two, Yarden Garzon with two, and, or excuse me, and Chloe Morton McNeil with two, I think is what I'm reading. They're all threes. But all that's threes, threes. I, my eyes are going, <laughs> I, my bifocals aren't good enough, yes. but three. So, <laughs> so let me go back through that. Uh, Parrish, Garzon, and Chloe with three each. All right. There that's we right. Go. There we go. So, <laughs> Kathy, I'm going to let you go first here. And I, I think we both got to be in agreement here tonight on the game ball. Yeah, I think for me, the game ball um, has to go to Mackenzie Holmes. You know, she, uh, even though she wasn't as efficient as we normally do see her from either field goals or free throws, I mean, and one for four for her is not like her. She still ended up with 24 points. And, um, she had a really tough matchup with Williams, you know, both offensively and defensively. And I understand that Williams got her average at 18. <laughs> excuse me, but McKenzie, I thought made it hard on her. She had, um, only shot six of 16 to get to her 18 points. So um, I thought overall McKenzie had a nice game um, contributed as well. Eight rebounds. Um, she did have a few turnovers for us, but overall I thought that was a really nice game for McKenzie. For, so for me, she gets my um, game ball. Yeah. I, I, that's where I was going. I'm going to go with McKenzie. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a struggle shooting the ball tonight, but she led the team in rebounding with eight. She had, um, you mentioned the three turners, but she also had a block and four steals. So McKenzie really did bring, you know, as close to an A game tonight as anybody did here. So we're going to make McKenzie Holmes with the, the game ball here. That'll give her 10 for 10. the season, 10 for the season for Mac. And so that's her um, for the game ball. So again, I didn't think that was a hard one. We're going to move on to the Grace Berger Hardest Worker Award. And again, we'll try and get the scroll here. 
<laughs> for those of you watching on the YouTube. Uh, Sydney Parrish leads with five. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes also has five, so there's a tie now. Lexi Bargesser with five. Five. Wow, we got a three-way tie. Chloe Morgan <laughs> Neal with three. Sarah Scaglia with two. Lene with two. And Lily with one. All right. That's so, yes. Um, with that. So, again, I'm hosting tonight. So, Kathy, you go first on the Grace Burger. Yeah. So I think you could, you could talk about a number of ones. Um, you could talk about Sarah with her 15 points and, you know, her, um, four of eight shooting from three point land. Um, you know, I thought she had a nice, nice night, um, definitely offensively and congratulations again on breaking that season record that she had. I thought Lexi played pretty tough and hard at times as well. Um, but I finally settled actually on Chloe Moore McNeil. Um, she contributed 12 points. She was again, perfect from three point land four or four. Um, but she was also tied you know, with Lexi for five assists as well and contributed four rebounds. And I thought her defense was just really pretty locked in for the most part tonight. You know, we talked about that really great block that she had. Um, she also contributed a steal. Um, and so to me, I think um, Chloe out there was just really the, uh, becoming the floor general for us over the last um, four or five games. And she's really blossomed, I think, in those games. So for me, Chloe gets my Grace's, Grace Burger hardest worker. Yeah, and I, I was given some consideration even to Lene. Um, again, just mm -hmm. because I felt like Lene, 16 minutes, she had five points. Um, big thing for Lene that probably draws her away a little bit. She had four fouls. Um, and I made this comment in the Discord. Sometimes the freshmen try don't quite understand how to play without fouling. They're trying to be physical. They're trying to do what coaches are telling them. Hey, get up on them, get physical, what, get, fight through the screens. But sometimes as freshmen, you got to learn – how to do that so you're not getting called for a foul every time. Kind of like Lily, you know, and, we, and Lily had a nice night, only eight minutes, but she had five points in those eight minutes. And I thought, you know, she had two rebounds, a block, a steal, but Lily's getting like one moving screen call a game, at least that's got, she's that she and, or the coaching staff have got to get that eliminated. That's just, a, that's a free turnover. My, I used to refer to it as a free turnover because Basically, you're, yeah. you're not even throwing the ball away. You're just that's just a you know not getting the screen set, and sometimes it's not on Lily per se. She's the one getting called for because sometimes the guard, the ball handler, is not setting it up or waiting enough. But the one tonight was just you could kind. Of, I was like, it was like you could see her just kind of lean on it. It's like that's going to get called nine times out of ten, and that's kind of what she gets called for more than anything. So, but back to Lene, I really thought Lene was having a pretty good night, but you know, just the, the fouls, especially and especially that offensive foul she got, I thought like just take it up. You know, she tried to make yep. one, she tried to make an extra move and, and kind of lean in with the shoulder and got called for the offensive foul. But I, I'm going to go with you. I, I'm going to go with, with Chloe Moore McNeil. Just when you look at it from an efficiency standpoint, she was the most efficient offensive player tonight, four for six, Absolutely. four of four from, from deep. Uh, as you mentioned, four, four rebounds, five assists, a steal and a block. I, I, I'm going to go with you. Chloe Moore McNeil will get, be our Grace Berger hardest worker for tonight. And that's going to bump her up to four Grace Burger Hardest Worker Awards. And That's so we're right. going to throw we're going to throw it to you Kathy for some Mac Watch and maybe even start yeah. in on some Sarah Watch. Yes, we'll have to rename this segment the Mac and Sarah Watch. So um, uh, we already talked about Sarah again tonight, record-breaking for most three-pointers in a single season. So far at 79, more to come. So we're watching her climb up on Steve Alford, just to repeat um, that she's 28 um, three-point shots behind. Um, also um, climbing up on Steve Alford is McKenzie with scoring. So um, after tonight, she is now 49 points from tying Steve Alford. Um, so she's currently averaging 
averaging just over 20 points per game. So that would be roughly about two and a half games for now. She is able to stay on pace with those 20 points. Um, I'm going to keep watching the, the Calvert Chaney number two. Um, that's 224 points. So again, at that average, she would need to be able to play 11 more games this, this season. So we have um, four more regular season games. So we would have to make a really deep run in both the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, or she does have to surpass her 20 points per game. So I think she might get pretty close to Calvert, but I don't know that she's going to catch him. But I fully expect she will um, catch and pass Mr. Alford. I would agree with that. All so, right. All right. So let's talk about who we got coming up next. That's Monday at Illinois. This is a President's Day game. So the game time is 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 Central. It's on Fox. Kathy and I will talk about this a little bit again at the end of the show, but we will not be doing a live, a post-game show immediately after the game. Well, Kathy has to work. I have uh, I, I have some things going on as well right after the game around that time because I'm off work that day and my wife is off work. So we got some things we're going to try and do a little bit right after the game. But Kathy and I will be on here Monday night with a post-game show. So don't look for us right after the game. We'll be on a little bit later Monday evening. But right now, Illinois is currently number 57 in the net. This is a team, Kathy, and I want to get your thoughts on this when I get done with the preview, but just on paper, this is a team that's talented. This is a team that should be well above 500, but for one reason or another, the chemistry, the 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 ability to finish games, however you want to put it, just hasn't been there. They're currently 11-12 overall, 5-8 and eight in the Big Ten, but this, this game makes me nervous. I talked about this with Michigan State just because I thought Michigan State was talented. People are going to look at Illinois and they're going to be like, eh, Illinois is 5-8, we're 12-2. and two. This game makes me nervous. Now, if Sydney Parrish plays, I may feel a little less nervous, but this game has me nervous on Wednesday night going ahead. Uh, IU leads the all-time series 49-29. They've won 16 in a row. The last loss to Illinois was January 20, January 27th of 2005 in Champaign. Knock on wood, maybe we shouldn't have mentioned that one. Uh, IU yeah. won the last <laughs> matchup on New Year's Eve in Bloomington. Again, in Bloomington on New Year's Eve, 77-71. Tough game. And mm-hmm. that was when we had everybody healthy. Um, so, Kathy, real quick, your thoughts about just Illinois in general, and then I'll let you talk yeah. about uh, their head coach and some of their, their stats and their players. Yep. So I'll cover that um, real quick, the head coach and some stats and stuff, and then I'll give you my thoughts. But yeah, so Shauna Green, this is her second year at Illinois, uh, Illinois, where they went um, 22 and 10 and 11 and 7 last year, six seasons before that at Dayton, um, where she captured five Atlantic um, Atlantic 10 regular season championships and had a record of 127 and 50. Um, as a team, offensively, Illinois is eighth in the Big Ten, averaging 74 points per game, six defensively, giving up 66 points per game. Um, from a shooting standpoint, they're sixth in the league at 45%, eighth on defense, um, field goal percentage at 41 Um, Their three-point shooting is pretty far down, 13th in the league at 31%, but they give up um, only 29%, which is third in the league from three. Um, Very good free-throw shooting team, so if we um, start um, fouling again and um, have some foul bugs, they do shoot 78% from the line, which is second. And then there's six in the league at rebounding margin point um, at point, basically three rebounds per game. Um, they're fifth in the league at turnover margin at 2.8, where they commit 12, but forced about 15. 
Um, so that's my, the stats on the team. We can talk more about the individual players in a minute, but yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. I mean, if you run through their numbers, you know, what they've put up this year for the most part, they're kind of middle of the pack in the league, right? They're not, um, they're not really shooting anybody out of the gym, but they're not defensive great, but they're not at the bottom of the league, but they're just they don't seem to be kind of gelling in, in getting those games that we would have expected. And you see that in their um, five and eight conference record, but I agree with you. This one makes me very nervous. Um, I, I think I, you know, kind of mentally when I was putting together my preseason rankings or uh, predictions, rather, I thought we were going to lose um, four Big Ten games. And one of them was potentially this Illinois on the road game um, that I was kind of kind of nervous about. Um, you know, like you mentioned, we only won by six at home. Um, and that was with everybody healthy. And even if Sydney comes back, it's going to be rusty, right? She mm -hmm. hasn't played for seven games now and coming off of a foot injury. Don't know what kind of conditioning she's going to have, even if she does play. And just so everyone knows, we're not sure she's going to, we've just heard rumors that she is, um, or potentially could be, um, I mean, it would be great to get her back again before the Iowa game, but I hope they're also not looking ahead to that Iowa game, which is going to be a huge game as well. So this one makes me really nervous, and especially if they come out like they did tonight um, where they're a little flat, they're not locked in defensively, especially um, Illinois can definitely put up some points, um, especially from, um, you know, field goal percentage. So, yeah, this one makes me nervous for sure. Yeah, I think the one thing that holds them back this year is their three-point shooting. This is a team that shot it better than last this last year. I don't have the exact numbers, but just know watching them that they were a little better three-point shooting team. But when you're you're shooting 31% of the team with some of the scores they got, that's a little bit of what I think is holding them back. They just if they get behind, they don't have that ability to really just get back in a hurry now their guards are going to try and get downhill on our guards and we've talked about this a number of times not just with illinois but teams like michigan state those tend to be the teams that give us fit so uh i'm going to yep. take real quick i'll talk let's kind of go you know take turns here on their personnel i'll start yep. makira makira cook at five six point guard or five six senior guard averaging 14 just over 14 a game she's 15th in the league she's shooting 38 percent from the field uh 85 percent the free throw line which is sixth in the league she's 10th in the league with four just over four assists um and she's second in the league in minutes at 34 and a half she was a first team all big 10 last year again she was a player that transferred in from dayton with the head coach shauna green um so but but mccure cook is one that can get hot she might be the one player especially from the three-point line who's had a really rough year but it has the ability to be kind of streaky and if she gets hot she can fill it up in a hurry yeah i i think she's the one uh, for sure to keep an eye on um and then the other person that I will probably be watching how we defend her is Genesis, Genesis Bryant. Um, she is also a five, six senior guard. Um, when I was putting together the run sheet, I'm like, did I type that wrong? Are they really both five, six senior guards? Yes, they, they absolutely are. And she is also averaging right around 14 points per game. So 14.1 for Genesis Bryant, 14.4 for Makira Cook. So um, very similar. Um, and, and ironically, I had to double check myself on this. Exactly the same field goal percentage at 38.4% for both players. So I thought that was very odd. Um, but I went back and double-checked my work on that one. Um, but yeah, also a very good free-throw shooting um, person. As I mentioned, Illinois is a good free-throw shooting team in general. 
Um, she's also um, a, their leader in terms of field goal percentage at 35.4%, which is ninth in the league. Um, she's also leading them in assists at 3.4 um, assists per game, which is third in the conference, and then one and a half steals per game at 17th in the conference. So last year she made the second um, team all Big Ten, and prior to that she was at NC State. So you have two two transfers that Shauna Green got in that are pretty much, I think, huge contributors for their teams in terms of points um, and assists and things like that. So um, those are two, I think, of the three people in particular we need to definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, she's the the big thing with those two is their ability to really get downhill um, and, yep. and to drive, yep. you know, from that standpoint. Uh, one of their other players that we'll talk about a little bit, Kendall Bostic, 6'2", senior forward out of Kokomo, Northwestern High School, played with Madison Layden in high school, you know, who, who was at Purdue. Sydney Parrish and Kendall have known each other for a while. So uh, I remember this game, New Year's Eve game was one that my my family and I were at. And I remember them kind of having a big hug after the game and talking real quickly after the game and and, and before the teams um, uh, left the floor. But Kendall Bostick's third in the league at 10 rebounds a game. She's shooting just over 61% from the field, which is third in the league. But she's roughly right around a double-digit score. So she's not getting – a ton of shot opportunities. Now I'm not trying to make that as a negative on her or the team. It's just, it's a guard dominated team. So Kendall's shots are not coming as flow, you know, out of some of the flow, but this is, but she will work her butt off and you got to make sure you keep her off the glass, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last one of probably their starters that we should keep an eye out is Adelia McKenzie. She's a 5'10 junior guard. She is also averaging double digits at 10 points per game. So um, I think those are the four main players that we um, will probably be keeping our, our eye on from an Illinois standpoint. Yeah, and again, we we last year in, in Champaign, a little easier win than we had in Bloomington, which went to overtime. This year in Bloomington, a six-point win. Let's hope it you know kind of holds the form. But again, this game makes me nervous. Uh, pulling up some of the Her Hoop Stats um, stuff, uh, the rating on Her Hoop Stats, IU 7th. This is up before tonight's game, IU 7th, Illinois 59th, which is pretty close. It's interesting that Her Hoops has us a little higher than the net does, but that 59 is right around where Illinois is on the net. Offensive efficiency, IU 7th, Illinois 32nd. Defensive efficiency, IU's 114th, Illinois 208th. Effective field goal percentage before tonight, IU was first in the country at 59.5, Illinois at 68, 49.2. Points per play, or points per possession, excuse me, IU was second coming into tonight, Illinois 31st. Rebound rate, Indiana 56th, Illinois 95th. Assist rate, I thought this was interesting, 38th for IU, 242nd for Illinois. And what that tells me is Illinois gets a lot of their stuff off dribble drive. Yep, exactly. So um, my key to the game is exactly, you led me right into it, is how can we stop their dribble penetration? And what does our defense look like against Illinois? That is my my biggest uh, biggest key I'm going to be watching. In addition to, of course, what we've been talking about all year is if we can keep them from um, getting those second chance points and, and rebounding. So again, those are my two big things that I want to really see. I want us to come out with a huge intensity on defense because I think if we don't set that tone early, I think we we could get in trouble here pretty quick. 
Yeah. And I'll give the, I'll give you the typical coach when it comes down to rebounding and turnovers, because you got to yep. be able to keep them off the glass and you got to limit the turnovers because if you do, it takes away some of their ability to score in transition. And if they have to try and go against you half court, again, they've given us some trouble on the half court, but their guards are a little smaller. So if they're having to grind out possessions, that makes it a little harder for them. So defense and turnovers, or excuse me, rebounding and turnovers is what I'm looking at. Kathy, real quick, why don't you just take us around the Big Ten here and uh, yep. as we wrap up. Not a whole lot um, has happened um, uh, that's of note other than yesterday. Um, yeah, it, uh, no, earlier tonight. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've been so confused all, all week on what day it is. So yes, today, um, just earlier tonight, Nebraska goes into Ohio State and Ohio State just mopped the floor with them 80 to 47. Um, I only got to see kind of part of the second quarter, but I know by halftime, Nebraska had 15 turnovers already. Um, so you're, as we talked about in our loss to them, you're not going to win games like that but boy ohio state is just really really playing some good basketball right now so um keep an eye out for ohio state they're they're really starting to pull away i think from what we're seeing on the floor um other upcoming games just to keep an eye out on um tomorrow night illinois is going up to penn state um we did see wisconsin beat penn state not that long ago but then Penn State beats Iowa. So who the heck knows what's going to go on in that game? But it's one to keep an eye on, too. Um, I hope it goes into like maybe double, triple overtime and we can really get some uh, get some uh, Illinois legs tired out. Um, Michigan is going into Iowa tomorrow night. The big headline I'm sure people who uh, don't live under a rock have heard about is Caitlin Clark is only eight points away from breaking that um Kelsey Plum's record. So that will be the the storyline tomorrow night in terms of Big Ten play. And then just uh, there are some games on Saturday. Didn't really make a big note of them, but Sunday Michigan State will be playing at Michigan and then Penn State will be going up to Maryland. So that may be a couple of games to keep an eye on. Um, And then in terms of standings, um, this was from uh, just as of today. So Ohio State is still in the lead at 13 and one. Since Iowa hasn't played yet, um, we're in second place at 12 and two, and Iowa right behind us at 11 and two. Nebraska is now in fourth place at eight and six. Michigan State right behind them, and Michigan both at seven and six, and Penn State at seven and six. So really getting bunched up in that um, kind of fight for that fourth place spot. Um, so yeah, any or, or any other games, Jeff, that you're thinking about between now and Monday when we play, or um, ones that you're really planning on watching? Plan on watching the Iowa game? I, I might watch a little bit of the Iowa game. Actually, no, I won't be. We're we're going to be at the Blackhawks game tomorrow night in Chicago. Okay. So, uh, but That's no, um, Michigan does. Is Michigan somewhat capable of giving them a game? Yeah, but is it also Michigan capable of getting blown out by twenty five or thirty? Yeah, <laughs> you just never seem to know of Michigan. I think Kathy, what's interesting here is you look at again the top three teams again. Hopefully IU doesn't lose any more, and hopefully IU, if they do, you know, it's only one more. But the top three teams have kind of really separated themselves for the placing in the Big Ten tournament. But boy, right now, look at that that jumble at the, what could potentially all be eight and six by the time we get through tomorrow night. Um, you're, you're talking Nebraska, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State. And I'm not sure how the tiebreakers would work, but boy, talk about you know what could be potential four, five, six, seven seeds in the Big Ten tournament. 
And I'm not sure some of the top teams want to see some of those teams. I mean, you, obviously you got to play them, you know, but you know what, you know, you, you'd rather play them later than earlier. And, and so right. that's, you know, that's going to be one of those things. And I, I need to correct myself. Um, Penn State didn't just beat Iowa. That was Nebraska. So clearly, again, um, not my not my night tonight. <laughs> so it's been my apologies no, on that. Nobody's night tonight. Um, <laughs> but I will catch some of the games I'm kind of keeping an eye on right now this weekend. Um, I, I probably won't watch it. I won't say per se watch. I may catch a minute here or so, but I'll kind of follow the results. It's some of the stuff that's especially happening in the ACC right now. Because if you look at some of the tournament seating, that Charlie Cream's doing in the bracketology, it seems like the Big the Big Ten and the ACC are kind of vying for some of the same spots. Um, Virginia Tech, um, Louisville, Notre Dame, um, North Carolina, you know, some of the, you know, those type, North Carolina State, that they're all kind of vying in, you know, some of the same seeding spots for Charlie Cream. Also, I will point this out. I didn't put this in the news, that the NCAA will release tomorrow night. I believe it's 530 Central, 630 Eastern. They will release on ESPN their first unveiling of the top 16. So it'll be very interesting to see where they have IU slotted. I can't imagine IU's outside yeah. the top 16. But it'll be interesting to see because right now Charlie Cream has IU as a four seed in his bracketology. And if the NCAA releases it and let's say they have IU at 11 or 12, well, that's a three seed. And so right. that, you know, and, it's, and it, it may not sound like a big difference, but it's the difference between. It is. It is. It's the difference between playing a five seed in that second round and a six seed. So there are some things yeah. there with that but either way they would be hosting as long as they stay in the top four seeds they'll be hosting yeah. those first few rounds in bloomington but that's kind of i so i did want to put that out there but that's kind of what well, i'm going to be watching i'm going to be watching some of those results from around especially the acc right. and the pac-12 yeah and you know the the other thing that's interesting though jeff i forgot to, to mention this as well is i think i saw on twitter tonight where um indiana must be fairly confident we're going to be hosting because i believe they're already selling tickets for the first two rounds I got an email. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, very interesting things coming up. You know, we only have, like I mentioned, um, a few games left in the regular season. So it's really getting down to the wire here. So going to be a fun into the race, just like we kind of anticipated. Yeah. So Kathy, I'll throw it to you for final thoughts. Yeah. So thanks for all the people still kind of hanging with us as we uh, stumble through our late night podcast here tonight. Um, late night for Jeff and I, we're usually not on this late. So, hey, you know what? This was it wasn't a great win in terms of prettiness, but it was a great win for the resume and for confidence. Um, fantastic for Sarah. Um, getting out there and breaking that record and McKenzie having a nice solid game too. Um, so hopefully this just, the, they just keep rolling. I think, um, you know, we'll all cross our fingers that we see Sydney on, on Monday. Um, sorry for everyone that my, my work is making me work and I can't take the afternoon off to watch the game, but I still want to get my paycheck. So we will, uh, we'll be talking about that game and hopefully be talking about yet another road win for this team as they hopefully keep rolling on, um, to, um, the end of this uh, season. And they're still right there and have a chance at, uh, at least maybe even a share, if not, um, winning the big 10 outright, if, you know, we can beat Iowa at home, and maybe um, Ohio State stumbles somewhere else along the line. They stop to play Iowa again on the road as mm -hmm. well, too. So, you know, there might not be a lot of games left to go instead of numbers, but there are a lot of big games left on the the, the conference slate. 
yeah, four games left, two at home, two on the road. So you, you kind of get some balance back to it a little bit, but, uh, um, yeah, I'm with you, Kathy. It was not a great, it was not an A game tonight. It might not even have been a B plus game for the Hoosiers. B, maybe B minus, kind of spilled over into the doing the work podcast. We've we've <laughs> we've scuffled around kind of like my golf game. We've hit, we've hacked this, we've kind of hacked it around tonight, trying to make a few putts, you know, to make the score look good uh from that standpoint. But um, yeah, again, that's part of a season though. When you're playing 18 game Big Ten schedule, when you're playing basically a 30 game regular season schedule. You're not going to have your A game every, no matter how good you are. Heck, UConn, even their heyday, didn't play A plus yeah. games every night. You're going to have nights where you got to find a way to scuffle through. Now, is it fun for us as fans to watch? Is it frustrating sometimes to be like, wow, what's going on? And, and, and some of the things we do now with things like Discord, sure. But at the end of the day, they got they went to Madison, they got a win, and they 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 stayed in the hunt for for a share of the Big Ten title. To win outright, they're gonna need a little more help, but they still are in that, you know, that chance to get a, a, a share of the outright, or excuse me, a share of the Big Ten title. And that's all that matters at the point. You want to try and get a ring. And and so from that standpoint. So that's my final thought on it. So let's let's head out with some music, Kathy, and we'll talk about what's coming up next afterwards. Sounds good. So coming up next, we will return on Monday evening, as we said, 8 Eastern, 7 Central to recap the Illinois game. That game, again, is a 2 o'clock Eastern time start, 1 o'clock Central in the afternoon, being President's Day, and it is on Fox. Um, AC Radio will be on tomorrow night at their usual time. It's going to be a mailbag episode, so if you follow them also in the Substack, you can post a question for them, and they might ask answer that question tomorrow night on their mailbag episode of AC Radio. If you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to your YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash at Back Home Network. That's the at sign, youtube.com slash at Back Home Network. You can be a part of our private community as well. Find out more at assemblycall.substack.com. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for uh, rigdesign.com for designing our logos. Also a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our music that you heard throughout the broadcast. And thanks to all of you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Monday evening. Until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. All right. We bumbled through that. Good job. <laughs> uh, Beck, Beck, Beck says she gives us a B plus. So thanks, Beck. Yeah, I thought that was really generous. So thanks, Beck. Appreciate that. Because <laughs> I'm being a little harsher on myself, especially when you start off by messing up the whole intro. So, you know. So yeah, I was looking at you on the screen and I'm looking at the, I was kind of scanning ahead a little bit and I was like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, whatever. So it's just one of the nights got to, you know, pop <laughs> it off, be ready for the next game. Yep, absolutely. So hey, I'll rush Kathy, home from work and, and watch that game and be ready to go. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. Cause it's a late night and we'll let everybody go to sleep. Yeah. See you everybody. Good night, everyone. Take care.